0: Diana in Jesus name. Holy Spirit we welcome you into this place. Come and be the Lord and the master of this assembly. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. We are talking about vision and we are talking about your personal vision. Give me a little bit of volume. Your personal vision. What to do with your personal vision, what to do with your personal vision. Hallelujah. Now before we start, I want to say something in, in uh, Psalm 36, look at Psalm 36 verse 9, because somebody asked me a question. Does that mean that if we all have our personal vision, then does that mean that when we come to church, a church like this, we should have our own personal agenda, personal vision in terms of what God has called us to do. And so we see somebody, I want to be a personal prophet of people in the church or something like that. You know, but look at this scripture. It says what? For with thee is the fountain of life. And in the light. Somebody in thy light. light. In the light we see light. What the scripture is saying that in your vision is our vision. In the vision of, of God is where we find our vision. Am I making sense? So where you are, your vision is linked to this place. Am I making sense? In, in the light of this place... It's where we find our light. Amen. So, our light, your light, my light, everyone's light, together forms the big light. Am I making sense? So, you see, somebody like a, a Peter or a Paul or a James is not the one who is the visionary, but Christ has given the vision go out into the world and make disciples of me. And in that general light is a Peter. In that general light, it's a Paul. Paul's ministry, you can say, is different from Peter's ministry. But they both fit in the general light. Am I making sense? So when we say we're talking about personal vision, it's not like you are going to take off like a bullet and go somewhere. <laughs> Am I making sense? Hello? Yeah. So it, we all find our vision under the vision that God has given us. Amen. So, let's go back to talk about what is vision. Vision, in the strong's concordance, vision says a sight, a mental sight, a dream, revelation of what will happen, what you want to happen in the future. Amen. So, what is it that you, have, that you believe God has destined for you to achieve in the house of God? So, what I'm talking, let's, let's narrow Uh, On Sunday, we talk about broad vision. But on Wednesday, I want us to talk about the vision as your spiritual vision. Is that okay? Is that okay? Hello? Oh, the way you are quiet, I want an interactive section. I don't have a lecture to give. Amen. Amen. I don't have a lecture to give. I want us to. We are chatting together. The only problem or the only uh, thing that we don't have is some... Chicken wings. That would have completed the, the discussion, isn't it? Without the vision, the Bible says that people perish. In Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. Amen. Where there's no vision, like if you go to a church that has no vision, everybody takes off and everybody is something. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Where there is no vision big vision, everybody takes off and becomes whatever they want to become. Become who you can become. Amen. I, I, I know churches where you have personal prophets that hang around in the car parks after service waiting to give personal vision to people that are coming to the church who are leaving. <laughs> I, I, are you with me? Yeah. I remember once once we finished church service. In this church, we finished church service. And you know how they do. Like people were standing in the foyer. And then one guy who had just come into the system started giving uh, prophecies to. You know when they give the prophecies, they look at the person, they look at the dressing, they can see that something. <laughs> So he started giving personal vision. And before he knew it, he was in the office. <laughs> I was like, we don't do that here. Who are you? <laughs> he said, oh, he's a pastor. He used to be in a church. The, the head pastor was jealous of him. So the head pastor transferred him from the church that he started where I was doing well to another place and brought his wife some plenty story. I said, so, you are very called. He said, Yes, I am a call. I am a prophet. I'm a man of God. I said, Okay. Me, I also believe that I'm very called. And I'm also a man of God. And so, when I came to this town, there was no church. I went to the city center and I clapped my hands. And I told the people that I am a man of God. I have come to this town to start a church. Everybody follow me. And that's the church you see. So, if you also say you are Jack Robinson, You also go out to the city center and clap your hands and say that you're a man of God. Don't come to my church and be giving your private visions to my church members. Before I realized, some other pastor in the town had picked him to work with him. And when I saw that my friend was working with this guy, I said, hey, this guy, do you know where this guy is coming from? Before I realized he had taken me and spoiled the guy's church and then went to another lady on the other side of town. He also went to do the same thing that before I realized he had left Leeds and he was in Bradford. <laughs> hey, the guy was going around, he had gone to another church in Bradford. Giving visions. I don't even know where he is now. Where is he? He's wanted in all the churches in Lissa. He's a wanted man here. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but you see, sometimes when, when people like that come around, they have an agenda. Are you with me? And so you see, well, if you don't take care, Satan also is looking for people like that to employ their services. So, whilst we are talking about vision and things, if you don't take care, you, Satan will give you another vision. And that other vision is a very bad thing. You know, Judas had another vision. Judas' vision was that the um, Savior, Jesus Christ, will become the liberator of Israel from the hands of the Jews. So he was using Jesus because he's he's the king of kings, isn't he? He's the king. uh, uh, He's coming to one day. He's going to organize and overthrow Caesar. And so when he went on and got to a point and realized this Jesus is not doing Caesar that vision that he had, he had to sell him for 30 pieces of silver. Are, Are you with me? Because he had a vision amongst the plot, He had a vision, and his vision was totally different. So let's be careful that our vision doesn't fall within the remits of the general vision. In the light, we see light. Are you with me? In the big light, we find ourselves. Every one of us and every, every ministry that God will ever give to anybody in this room can be comfortably put into the house. Am I making sense? Everybody in this room, you can comfortably put your vision in this house and thrive. Amen. So that you don't, you don't take this, this teaching and then take off and become something else. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? Okay. So let's start our lesson for today. Is that Okay. All right. Amos chapter 8, 11 to 13. Amos chapter 8, 11 to 13. The Bible says that, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a test for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north to the east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, and they shall not find it. In that day, the fair virgins and the strong young men shall faint from test. Amen. It says that there is coming a, a, a famine, and this famine is not a famine for food. It is a farming for the word of God. Amen. It is a farming for God. You see, when you read the scripture, first of all, the word of God is in the Bible, isn't it? So if you are talking about farming for the word of God, but we have our Bibles, so how can we have a farming of the word when we can read the word? Do you understand what I'm saying? But we know that the Holy Spirit is the one that interprets the word to us. Am I making sense? In, in uh, uh, 1 John 2 says that you have the Holy Spirit in, in you that you need no man teach you the word of God, but the Holy Spirit Himself will teach lead you into all things, he will teach you the truth, he will teach you the word. Are you with me? He will teach of himself, which is the word of God. Am I making sense? So when it talks about farming of the word, it's talking about your personal revelation of the word. So there'll be a farming of the personal revelation that God has. So when we talk about vision or the lack of vision is when you read the word, but you can't see yourself in the word. You read the word, but God is not talking to you. How many have been there before? You read the thing, it's like this one. There's no revelation there. I always say that before you read the Bible, ask the Holy Spirit, That as I'm reading the Bible, speak to me. Because you can be reading the word and still be in a famine. Am I making sense? You are reading, but there's no revelation. You are reading, you don't understand. Have you been there before? You read it, you didn't understand. Then you read the same thing and it's like, wow, I haven't seen the scripture before. Who knows what I'm talking about? You see that when the scripture suddenly opens, it becomes something different. The Bible talks about the two men who were walking on the road towards Emmaus, and Jesus came with them and they were talking about how Jesus had been crucified and everything. They were waiting for him to... The Bible says, and Jesus began to explain to them. But as Jesus was talking, the farming of the word was still there. So they could not recognize Jesus. Are you with me? They took him to his house, to their house. They sat with him. He broke bread with them. It was at that point where suddenly they had a revelation of who they had been dealing with. And that was Jesus himself. Amen. So when we talk about farming, we are not talking about uh, hunger, food. We are not talking about the word not being around. Everybody's Bible has been seized. No, no, no. That's not what we are talking about. We're talking about you not having your personal revelation. Because sometimes I am preaching a simple message. But as I'm preaching, God is speaking to you Through the message, differently to what God is saying to that person. Is that that making sense? Because every time you hear a word, everybody's hearing the same thing, but not everybody is hearing what you are hearing. You are hearing something totally different. How many know what I'm talking about? Because God is talking to everyone differently. And there are some people, God is not talking to them, they come to church every Sunday. Every Wednesday they are in church, but they don't, they're not hearing anything because to them there's a famine. That is how come somebody will come to a place like this and receive a revelation of who God has called them to become and then they'll rise up and start doing great things and then you will be sitting or you would have been here for years and years and you have been in a famine and not realize that God has been speaking, but you were not hearing. Amen. So I'm saying all these things to to generate a test. See, the the young men and the the virgins will be testy. I want you to be testy because when you are testy, then you can be filled. Do you get it? Our church, the the church that we belong to these days, the churches we belong to these days, the farming or the test for, for the word and God's personal revelation to us is not there. So we all come, we want, we want the ministration of the word to tickle us or want to hear something. That's how come we want the prophet to see for us and tell us. But I would rather God open my own eyes so that I can receive a prophecy as the word is being taught. Am I making sense? Yeah. So I want us to generate a test so that when we hear the word, when we read the word, God also speaks to us. That we have revelation, we have a Rima word. So anytime you open the Bible or anytime you are listening to the Bible, sometimes I will be passing by, and my wife is listening to a message, or the, the the maybe the TV is on, somebody's preaching, and I'm just walking past. And as soon I just pass by, and then one word, just one word, opens a whole door of what God is saying to me. And it was just a passing. I wasn't interested in the thing. I wasn't concentrating on the thing. I was just passing. And I had one word. And that one word is like a key. Opens the door. And the door has great revelations. Sometimes you'll be reading the Bible. One word will just hit you. And open and show you something that you never knew God was calling you to become, or God was calling you to do. Hallelujah. So I, I'm I'm praying for all of us that we'll not become very myopic. Don't become my... You see, God is always speaking. God is always speaking. And God doesn't behave like an atlas. An atlas is what? That if you want to go from here to Sheffield you go on the M1 junction 34 you exit the junction you are in Sheffield. A to Z. Static. No, God talks like the tom-tom. He gives you the road is blocked here. He says use alternative routes. When you're using the atlas, or you're using the A to Z, and the road is blocked, that's it. You are are stuck. Are you with me? Some of us, we, 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 what God said years ago is what we are holding on to. But behold, I do a new thing. God is always doing a new thing. God is always about something else. So let us not hold on to what God said to us some years ago. Let's hold on to what he's saying. So let's open our ears to what he's saying. Because he's always speaking. He is a God that is alive. He's a God that speaks. He's a God that directs. Amen. Hallelujah. Are we okay? First Samuel 3. First Samuel chapter 3 verse 19. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and none of his words. And let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed Himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word. Of the Lord, Hallelujah! How did God reveal Himself? Remember the first time Samuel encountered God, it was by a voice, and he could not decipher between the uh, the, the voice of Eli and the voice of the Lord. So when he heard the voice, he ran to Eli. Are you getting it? Ran to Eli. He said, I haven't called you, go and lay down. Then he goes again, the voice speaks. He, he goes to Eli, he say, you have called me. He said, I haven't called you, go and lay down. Until Eli said to Samuel, when the voice calls you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant. Yes. Are you with me? Then the Lord spoke to uh, Samuel what he wanted to see. But in this particular chapter, in this particular verse, The Lord didn't appear to him by a voice. He didn't appear to him physically. But with the word, through the word, the Lord revealed himself. Amen. May God reveal himself to you through the word. Oh, I say, may the Lord reveal himself to you through the word. The the word of the Lord was rare. There was no open vision. But God revealed himself to Samuel. Through his word. So that when he saw the word, he got a revelation. The others saw the word and got nothing. So there was a famine. (laughs) Am I making sense? Are, Are you getting what I'm trying to say now? It wasn't that the word was not there. The word was there, but there was no revelation in the word. But this time, Samuel saw the word, and God reveals himself through the word. Amen. As we grow, we must always ask the Lord to open the word. Amen. And when we get the word, what, we, what must we do? I think we've gone through how to get the word, isn't it? Or oh, I'll give you a few more. Jeremiah 14, verse 14. Then the Lord said to me, The prophets prophesy lies in my name. I have not sent them, commanded them, nor spoken to them. They prophesy to you a false vision, divination, worthless things, and the deceit, of their hearts amen they are prophesying but the prophecies are lies God hasn't spoken so beware of false vision beware of false prophecy a false vision will mislead you and will make you put your energies in the wrong things so you'll be sincere in your efforts, but you'll be wrong in the end. Mm-hmm. There will always be some who claim they, are, they have prophetic visions. Some of those visions indeed come from God, but some will not be. Amen. That is why I want you not to be an atlas type of uh, traveler, but be a satnav type of traveler so that when the first time God speaks and is God, you know. When the second time that is the word comes is not God, you also know. Because Peter says that you are the Son of God, which was true. He was the Son of God. That's deep revelation. Then the second, same time, the second moment, he says, You are not going to go to the cross. That was not God. That is Satan speaking through the same vessel. So the first time is God, second time is Satan. So if you are a static type of follower, you think anything Peter says is from God. Are you getting it? So you see that it is not just taking it as it is. There are a lot of things that we need to do with the vision and the way that we get. And that's what I want us to talk about today. First of all, open to the vision, but be aware that the vision is either true or false. Are you following the, the reasoning? The vision can be true. The vision can also be false because the same vessel can give truth and then falsehood. Same prophet speaks and is the word of God. The dreamer word. Same prophet speaks and is a lie. Amen. I think I'm saying some deep things today. I don't know whether you are following. me. Hallelujah. So as we go on, as we go on, there will be a lot of things that we need to look at. First things first, when you get the word, this is how we're managing, we are going to manage the word. The first things first is that when the word comes, does it align with the logos? Are you, are you with me? The scripture says that God has made his, lifted his word a little above himself that he himself will not go above what he has said. Has he, not, has he not said, and will he not do? What he has said is what he will do. He will not do above what he has said. Have you ever seen like a, a wall that is above you? Even when you jump, you don't see past it. That is how God has set his word. So there's a, a level, there is a standard That every vision must meet. There's a standard that every rumor must meet. There's a standard that everything we hear, everything that somebody speaks, must meet. If it doesn't meet, it is not from God. Are you getting it? So, whatever the, the vision is, you have to check it with God's word. Amen. The scripture says that the Bereans were more noble than those who are from Thessalonica, isn't it? Because when they heard the word, what did they do? They checked the scriptures to see whether the word that had been spoken was so. We have to become students of the word, that we check the word to see whether the word we are hearing is from God. Amen. Because in Psalm 119 verse 105, it says that thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Amen. There Psalm 119 verse 130 says that the unfolding of your light gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The entrance of your word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. So it doesn't matter what you hear. Does it line with the word? Because if you check it with the word, you should receive understanding. Hallelujah. Remember the, the vision that um, Peter had in uh, Acts chapter 10. Bible says that on the noon, he Peter was hungry, he was praying, and they were preparing food downstairs. For him to eat, and he was praying, and in a vision he saw various types of animals, various types of creatures, and the where the voice of the Lord came said, "Peter, rise, kill, and eat." And he said that, "Lord, no unclean thing has touched my mouth since I was a child till now. Nothing unclean has touched my mouth." And while he, then the Lord said that. Anything that I have blessed, do not call unclean or cast. And verse 9 is that while Peter was contemplating on the vision that he had received, a knock came to the door. A man had been sent from the house of Cornelius to say that we require Peter to come and speak to the Roman soldier, Cornelius. Who is an unclean person? He is a Gentile. Amen. But you see, as he got the vision, he aligned the vision with the word of God. Whatever God has called clean, you must not call unclean. Am I making sense? So, he got up without hesitation and went with the servants to Cornelius' house. And God confirmed his word by giving the Holy Spirit to the house of Cornelius. Amen. So the first thing you must do to manage the vision, manage the word of God, is put it through the scale of the word. If it weighs in the balance and it weighs well, then you know you can take it. The second thing is prayer. So when you receive a word, when God speaks, when you dream uh, and you wake up and you believe that this dream has come, take it to prayer. Ask God to speak to you. Ask God to reveal. Amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. Prayer can lead you to a vision and prayer can explain a vision to you. You know, At this particular scripture we just read, Paul was Peter was praying, and the prayer that Peter was praying led him to the vision. Are you with me? Because before Peter started to pray, or before us during the time Peter was praying, servants had been dispatched from the house of Cornelius towards Peter's house. Are you with me? And God went ahead because as he started praying, God went ahead of, 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 of uh, the servants to tell Peter that this is the vision. This is what is going to happen. This vision lines up with what is just about to happen. Remember, I said the vision is just something that intends to happen in the future, isn't it? And so prayer sometimes necessitates the vision. Are you with me? And prayer also explains the vision. Amen. So if you are in this room and you don't have any personal vision, my advice is that pray. Open my eyes, O Lord. Let me behold the length, the breadth, the width, the height of your love. Isn't that the prayer that uh, Paul was praying for the church in Ephesus? Hallelujah. Acts chapter 13 Verse 1 through to 4. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, Antioch, there were a certain there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius or Cyrene, Menon, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The word minister to the Lord means they were praying seeking the face of the Lord in fasting. Isn't it? Now the Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. And from there they sailed to Cyprus. Amen. So, the word of prayer brought about a clear vision. Hallelujah. And that vision did not add, because the scripture says that there were Barnabas, there was Simeon, there was Niger, there was Lucius, there was Menon, or whatever the name is. But he says, separate for me, Paul and Barnabas. Amen. So prayer initiates the vision, and prayer also explains the vision. Because it did not just say that separate them for them; he says told them the, the mission that they were supposed to go on. And if you know anything about Acts, you see that this was one of the most successful missions that Paul ever undertook. Amen. So the first way to handle is what. Through what? Aligning with the word. Second is what? Prayer. Prayer. Third is prophecy. Sometimes we can get our vision by prophecy. A prophet can prophesy to you and that will give you the vision. Are you with me? But when the prophecy comes, you have to align it with the word and prayer. You just don't run with the prophecy that comes. A lot of people believe that as soon as the, a prophet speaks over their life and gives them a prophecy, they, they are good to go. Because the prophecy has been spoken to happen by all means. It's not true. Because just as you are receiving the prophecy, demons are also receiving the same prophecy about you. Are you with me? When the star, when the star, came for the angels to see that a king has been born. When the shepherds saw the the star, the wise men saw the star, that a king has been born. Do you know that Herod's people also saw the star? But Herod's people, the the, the wise men said, let's go and present gifts. But Herod's people said, Let's let's go kill. So when a prophecy comes, remember Herod and remember the wise men. Some will come to celebrate the prophecy that has been spoken over your life. Some are also on the kill. That is why you must not take the prophecy just like that. But it should encourage you to pray. I remember very well, it was around this place. Uh, one of the people, one of the prophets, bishops that came here prophesied over a young girl. And everything the prophet said about this young girl, it was just by here. Everything, I believed everything because everything the Lord has shown me that same thing. Guess what? As we are speaking, the opposite of everything that was said about this young girl has happened. Total opposite. Complete, I mean complete, 180 opposite of everything that was said over this lady has happened to her. Because of the management of the prophecy. She received it and got very happy and just went away. Just here. She was standing there, just by the pillar there. Everything that the prophet said, I believed it totally. Because when anybody comes here and is praying for people, I'm also praying. Because I'm the shepherd over everybody. Do you understand what I'm saying? So is it, my spirit has to agree. Do you understand what I'm saying? Otherwise, it's not, no. Are you with me? Because one thing thing you must understand is that anybody who comes to minister in this pulpit, I give them the platform. And spiritually, I hold, I supervise what they are doing. Because they are not responsible. When they finish, they are gone. I am responsible. Do do you get it? Yeah. So I, I have to, spiritually, I oversee everything. I don't go to sleep. So it's not that you see me, I'll be standing there and I'll be praying. There, but I'm checking everything. I'm saying that for the pastors. When somebody comes to your, your place and they are preaching, you have to pray because spiritually you are responsible. God will never hold the prophet responsible, but they will hold you. And to the angel of the church in Bradford, in Bradford write these things. Said he who holds the seven stars in his right hand. And to the angel of Hull, write this. And to the angel of Manchester, he didn't say to the man who came to preach. (laughs) Are you getting it? So you are responsible. So don't go to sleep. Everything I was spoken about this young girl was true. I believed it. But out of carelessness, Herod and his squad got to her before the wise men could. Remember, the wise, Herod said to the wise men, go and find him and come and report to me so that I will go with you to go and worship. You think he was going to go and worship. So Herod is as interested as the prophecy of the baby Jesus as the wise men. But they have different motives. Am I, I I'm not making sense to you? So you see, when the word is being spoken, don't go to sleep. Remember that, that same word you are hearing. Demons have also heard it. Principalities have heard it. Do you get it? The vision or the prophecy opens you up for a vision. But that vision is only appropriated by prayer and by you guarding it. Guarding the word. Guarding the word. It's a very sad thing that everything. I, I'm not sure if, uh, if I were to speak to the, 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 this young lady, she would even remember this thing that was said. But very powerful words were said about her and to her. But she went to sleep. (laughs) While men slept, an enemy came. (laughs) Amen. So the prophecy helped, or is supposed to help you to formulate a coherent vision. Amen. It's supposed to help. In in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, they that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God, isn't it? They that are those who are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. So you see, it, it, just, it just gives you an inkling. It opens you up. But that prophecy has to be backed by prayer. Amen. Oh, I said amen. In the same vein, direct revelation is also like prophecy. Sometimes God gives you a direct revelation through his word. Through his word. Maybe the word you are reading or the word that is being preached. God gives you a direct revelation. Amen. Direct revelation. Number five. Number five. Counselors. Counselors, also open your vision, your personal vision. Do you know who a counselor is? Proverbs fifteen twenty two. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many adversaries they succeed. Amen. Plans fail, or without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Amen. So the future, the vision God has for you can be established through counsel. How many got a good counsel of a direction for your life that has opened your life for the better? Sometimes you don't know what God wants to do with your life. But then somebody will speak and say something and that will open you up. So counsel, just like prayer, just like a prophecy, just like revelation can also open you up to God's word. In the same way, when you get a vision from God, find somebody you know is real Somebody you know who is godly to interpret the vision, to counsel you. Sometimes we mismanage the prophecy because we don't get advice. I tell you about the guy who used to be in this church, as the assistant pastor. He went to a program. And then somebody spoke to him that God has called you. God has called you to be a great man of God. As soon as he heard that, he came to me and he says that, Pastor, I went to this program. This is a prophecy. So you have to ordain me. I said, no. I said to him, David was 17 years old when Samuel, the great prophet, prophesied that you are going to be king. He didn't become a king till he was 30. He was 40. So the fact that you have been told that you will be a great priest, a great pastor, doesn't mean you should just run. I said, when David received the prophecy, he went straight back to look after, looking after his sheep. Then he had the challenge of the lion and the challenge of the bear and the challenge of Goliath. All those were preparing him. Then Saul came to chase him. Then he gathered people, went to the cave of Adulam, going to walk around tireless, uh, waterless places, went through all those type of, those were years and years of hard work, training, training before he became the king. So you don't just hear one word and run. That was counsel. That he despised. Then he went. I mean, there are a lot of churches in little. <laughs> he went to a church in Leeds. And he was appointed a pastor there. I didn't appoint him here. Because I told him that David was prophesied to when he was 17. So you have a long way to go. So go sit down. <laughs> he said no. He went and he became a, a pastor. And within a few months he gathered people from the church that appointed him as a pastor and ran away with them to go and start a church. And now he's coming every time he's calling me. Hey, what should I do? What I, I said, no, you didn't use the counsel well. So there's now a lot of confusion. Was the prophecy wrong? Was the prophecy not from God? Was he not called by God? By his handling of that vision, his handling of that prophecy is what brought him to where he is. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Are you getting what I'm saying? Because the fact that you have received the prophecy doesn't mean must of Get good counsel. Get good counsel. That will change, that will enhance the prophecy. Do you get it? One of the good things about, you know, the difference between David and Saul. Both of them receive the same prophecy. You are going to become a king. Saul received the same prophecy. But you see that David, the Bible always says one scripture in Chronicles, and David inquired of the Lord, and David inquired of the Lord, and David inquired of the Lord, and David inquired of... David David was always inquiring of the Lord. Ask me, how did David inquire of the Lord? Sometimes through the priest, the priest Nathan, sometimes through prayer. But he never ever took any step without asking. Saul, on the other hand, Saul was an independent adoratum. Saul was very independent. The Bible tells us how many times Samuel went to speak to Saul. Very few times. And he repented God that he had taken Saul as the king. Are you getting it? Because he doesn't listen. He doesn't listen. I know, I know. He's an independent candidate. So sometimes we are like that. We we our normal attitude is independence. Yes, and some of us we are very independent, very stubborn. And so when we come to the house of God and we come spiritual things, we treat it with the same stubbornness and the same same independence. But it's the wrong thing to do. Are you with me? I mean, naturally, you can be very stubborn. Naturally, you can be very independent. But never treat spiritual things with that same attitude. Because you are likely, it's like closing your eyes and running across the M1. <laughs> the probability of you being, being hit is, 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 is greater than you being able to cross. The probability of you crossing successfully is slimmer than you being hit. You you know, when you go on the M1 for instance, you don't know the number, the volume of traffic until one little accident. Within five minutes, you see the traffic. That shows you how many vehicles pass on that same route. Very, very, very great. By the second, they are passing, passing. So you close your eyes, you are running across. (laughs) You will not make it. Hmm. Are you getting what I'm saying? In the same way, when we come spiritual things, don't treat it that way. Don't become an independent person. No counsel. You are shooting off. No, no, no. Had a dream. The sun, the moon, and the eleven stars were bowing before me. You take off. You are going to stand, start Sun and Moon International Ministry. You are not going to go far. You're not going to go far. That is why I will advise you when you go to any church, any church that you join. And you can't see a father that the pastor submits to run from that place. <laughs> he to Doesn't submit to Elijah. The Tishbite from Tishbite just came. <laughs> you see, that by my word, it will not rain. And then he started the Elijah ministry. You know, no, be careful. Are you understand what I'm saying? Can can I, am I talking to you? Don't, 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 don't ever do anything spiritual without counsel. I know you have prayed. I know you have prayed. I know you are deep in the word, but seek counsel. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even for your own life, even for things that you do, in your own life, you need, you need counsel. Don't 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 be quick to do things independent. You, I know what I'm doing. I am my own man. I'm taking off. Then you take off. You're to do no 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 no. no. You you will be, you will be a mess. You'll be a mess. See, I, I always discuss this with my wife that when we started this church, the counsel we got when we started this church is what has sustained this church. Oh, yeah. We got good counsel. Have we, had we not done this thing before, we had done it before. And were we not experienced in doing this type of things? We're very experienced. We have started over 15 churches in the past. But the 15 churches are not, it's not this church. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, if we had gone by our old, we know. Remember Samson? He knew. He had been taking bars of, uh, what do you call it, bars of gates to go and climb hills. He knew the strength he had. But the Bible says that, and Samson wakes not that his strength had left him. So when they said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you, he rose and essayed to go. He tried to shake himself (laughs) to go and do the do. Before he knew it, his eyes had been plucked out. Ah, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So don't, don't be in a hurry. You're going to do a major thing. You don't seek for counsel. Major step, please ask for counsel. Bible says in the multitude of counsel, there's establishment. There's safety. You're when you ask for advice. Hallelujah. What number are we on? Is my time up? Oh, okay. My time is up. Can we continue next week? Yeah. We'll continue next week. I have about uh, ten more. By the time we finish, we'll, we'll do well. We'll not be careless with our lives. <laughs> so number one is what? Let's, here's what we have learned so far sorry? Align Align with the word. Number two. Prayer. Prayer. Number three. Prophecy. Number four. Direct revelation. Number five. Counsel. How many are going to seek counsel? How many are going to pray? How many are going to ask God to show you a direct revelation? Before you marry, ask God, reveal the man to me. Reveal the woman to me.